Welcome to another edition of PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. I'm Brad Soboleski, your host at PEM Tweets on Twitter and author of PEMblog.com, a pediatric emergency medicine resource. Today, we're going to keep it simple and look at a very common problem in the pediatric emergency department, namely the febrile infant. Now, the bottom line for these high-risk patients is that anybody under 28 days or four weeks of age they need a full septic workup, which includes blood, urine, and spinal fluid. 29 to 60 days, you can opt to exclude the lumbar puncture if the baby is low risk. We'll get into detail as we move along. This is a common condition in the emergency department and one that you should all be familiar with. Remember that fever is defined as a temperature greater than 38 degrees centigrade or greater than 100.4 degrees rectal. You don't take an axillary and add a degree or do any sort of math. It's the number that you get. And again, viral URI symptoms do not count as a fever source. Your H&P, in general, are not reliable to completely rule out serious bacterial infection in the febrile newborn. So it's important to be thorough, but know that you're going to need more than just your H&P to figure things out. Overall, anywhere from 12 to 28% of febrile neonates have serious bacterial infection. In my practice, the number ends up being a little bit lower, and certainly most commonly we see UTIs, 12 to 20% according to a variety of studies. You can probably safely quote to parents that the risk is as high as 1 in 8 the risk of bacteremia is lower at approximately 3% and meningitis at below 1%. Other causes of fever in the newborn include bacterial gastroenteritis, gonococcal keratoconjunctivitis, omphalitis, osteomyelitis, peritonitis, pneumonia, and the septic joint. Now again, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, any baby under 28 days of age needs the following. IV access, a CBC and a blood culture, a catheterized urinalysis and urine culture, and a lumbar puncture and CSF studies. Other labs and studies that you may want to consider include an AccuCheck, especially if the baby is tired appearing or low tone, a chest x-ray if they have respiratory symptoms, if it's clinically warranted. You should consider the need for HSV testing. We'll get into that in a little bit. Certainly an enterovirus, CSF, PCR in the summer a stool culture if there's mucousy or gross blood in the stool, and for babies with respiratory symptoms, especially during seasonal periods, respiratory PCR and influenza testing. The lumbar puncture success rate does increase with early stylet removal in babies less than 12 weeks of age and with the use of lidocaine. Family presence does not alter success rate, so if they want to stay, let them. The lumbar puncture involves collecting generally four tubes of CSF. The first is for culture and gram stain, the second for glucose and protein, the third for cell count and differential, and the fourth for viral studies and to possibly be saved later for future labs. Now in general, the three main labs as I mentioned before include blood, urine, and CSF samples. Low risk factors or otherwise Labs within normal limits include a white blood cell count greater than 5,000 or less than 15,000, bands less than 1,500, and the band to neutrophil ratio less than 0.2. That's the math of the band count divided by the bands plus the neutrophils. In the urine, you're going to want to see a negative gram stain plus less than 10 white blood cells per high power field. Now in the CSF, 
Some resources will indicate that 8 is the threshold of white blood cells. Others will specify based on age. In 0 to 28 day olds, you can have more pleocytosis. So in general, a normal white blood cell count is less than 19. 29 to 60 days, that white blood cell count is less than 9. You're also going to want to have a negative gram stain and glucose and protein within normal limits. Now, older than 29 days is where you can, in select babies, omit the lumbar puncture. These babies are low risk for bacterial meningitis. So again, they're older than 29 days. It was a full-term infant, so greater than 37 weeks gestation. There was no NICU stay. They've got no chronic medical problems, genetic issues, etc. There are no systemic antibiotics within 72 hours, even good old amoxicillin. They need to be well-appearing and easily consoled. There should be no focal infection seen on physical exam, including things like otitis media or skin infections, and the blood and urine studies must be reassuring. So again, these babies have to have normal labs and all their ducks got to be in a row. And if you think about a newborn, they don't do a lot. They eat, sleep, pee, poop, and cry. All of those should be within normal limits. So you got to know what the wide variety of normal for babies is and a lot about childhood development. And what about HSV? Well, if it's going to present with skin findings, neurologic issues like seizures or other, it's most likely to happen within the first 19 days, so essentially the first three weeks. Factors concerning for HSV include ill appearance, an abnormal neurologic exam, especially seizures, fascicular rash, hepatitis, that would require labs obviously, and mom known to have a primary HSV infection at delivery, especially with a vaginal delivery, of course. Now, given that infants under 21 days are at higher risk, your threshold should be a bit lower to test and start Empiric Acyclovir. And for infants 22 to 40 days of age, well, they got to at least have greater than one or two of the aforementioned factors. Labs should include an HSV PCR in the CSF and blood, HSV PCR of skin, eye, and mucous membranes if there's lesions or not, liver profile a basic metabolic panel, and consider a chest x-ray for any baby with respiratory symptoms. Antimicrobials in general include ampicillin and cefotaxime for babies 0 to 21 days of age. Some authorities indicate that gentamicin is acceptable to be substituted for cefotaxime in the very young, but in general, amp and cefotax are a great choice, plus or minus acyclovir. 22 to 28 days, ampicillin and cefotaxime again, and unless you're concerned about acyclovir, don't worry about it. And then 29 to 56 days, in the baby that you feel a little bit better about, you can actually do monotherapy with cefotaxime or in the baby that's older than six weeks, ceftriaxone, as long as they don't have any jaundice because that can impair the conjugation of bilirubin. If the baby is very ill-appearing or if they have pleocytosis on their CSF with abnormal glucose or protein, or gram-positive organism on the CSF gram stain, you're going to want to add vancomycin. Febrile infants under 28 days of age should be admitted on empiric antibiotics, no questions asked. Approximately 90% of cultures, if they're going to grow, will do so within approximately 19 to 20 hours, with greater than 99% growing within 36 hours. So if at 36 hours the baby is afebrile, eating, sleeping, peeing, pooping, and crying in a reassuring ratio, then they can be discharged home. 
for the well-appearing baby that is older than 28 days, if the CBC and the urinalysis are both reassuring, that baby can be discharged home. What the baby has to have are parents that understand what's going on and are deemed to be responsible and the availability of follow-up. This includes a primary care doctor as well as reliable transportation. If the CBC or the urine are abnormal, well, then you're going to have to tap them, start empiric antibiotics, and admit. You should not send any baby home after giving a shot of empiric antibiotics, even ceftriaxone. If you're going to give antibiotics, you got to bring them in. You can, however, in a baby that's between 29 and 60 days, do blood, urine, and CSF studies. And if all of those are reassuring, the baby looks great, they've got parents that are reliable, and they have follow-up, you can send them home as well. In general, follow-up means that this baby needs to be seen within the next 24 hours, preferably as early as possible the next day. Newborns are fickle little creatures. It's like moving into the house before the security system's installed. They can look great initially, and then 8 to 12 hours later, they can tank. Time. Labs like CRP or procalcitonin aren't routinely used to rule out the majority of infants for febrile serious bacterial infection, especially below 28 days of age. Your mileage may vary depending on where you work, and I recommend you read my post on procalcitonin, the link to which is included in this podcast description. So that's all for the febrile infant. Note that where you work may have different protocols, but in general, you want to have a very low threshold to work these babies up. Remember, they have not yet received their two-month shots, their immune systems are immature, and your H&P is inadequate to sufficiently rule out the absence or presence of a serious bacterial infection. Again, this has been Brad Soboleski for PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. You can learn more on PEMblog.com and follow me on Twitter at PEMTweets. See you next time.